of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally and today we are here with Ashley. How are you, Ashley? I'm great. Yeah. Are you ready to get started? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your trick. How old were you when you started? Where did you pull from? Things like that. Yeah, um, so I didn't know what trick was until I was 19 or 20. Uh, But like looking back at photos and back on experiences, I definitely had signs of it as early as nine or 10 years old. Um, Primarily, I was an eyelash and eyebrow puller. So like there are several years of my life where there are no photos of me with eyelashes or eyebrows. Um, I don't recall that I ever pulled hair on my head. uh, But part of the way that I have mitigated it through the years is uh, by pulling hair on other parts of my body that I choose. So usually like my legs um, is a big one. Um, It's a big canvas. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I sometimes still carry tweezers with me and like get knee hairs, ankle hairs, uh, those kinds of things now to avoid pulling uh, eyelashes or eyebrows. Although I do not have full sets of either. Uh, They won't come back. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of the big overarching story, I guess. Yeah. When you first started pulling, did you first pull from eyelashes, then eyebrows? How did it go for you in the very beginning, if you remember? I don't know that I remember. I was predominantly eyelashes. I will say like when I would just sit and fidget, it would start with one and then slowly I would go across my entire eyebrow or my entire eyelash if I didn't catch myself. Um, But down on the lower parts of my eyebrow, I had like big bald patches. Like I basically looked like I had four eyebrows because I would pull everything right in the center. Mm-hmm. And do you remember if, you know, was it school that was triggering? Like, do you remember ever like pulling a lot in a certain place? I did end up pulling a lot in school, but I don't think school was necessarily the trigger. Uh, I had a lot going on at home. Um, I was an only child until I was about eight and a half, nine. And then my brother was born and he's special needs. So there was a lot of upheaval at home around the same time that all of that started. Um, so I don't I don't know what the actual catalyst was, but I imagine it had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I often there's certain people that will say like, oh, I definitely know it was this. Yeah. For me, no idea. No, I had a lot of general anxiety. That was like the one physical thing that you can look back on and say, oh, yeah, she was anxious. Um, but <laughs> I had a lot of general anxieties and I, I don't know if all of them stemmed from the same event or if it was like just a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So when you first started pulling, who noticed first? Like who was did someone say like, oh, wait a minute, like what's it was going probably on? my mom. Um, yeah, she was the one who called me out on it the most. Uh, So I don't think anybody in my family necessarily recognized it as a symptom of anxiety. Um, Yeah, which is, that's hard. Um, Yeah, I don't think anybody recognized it necessarily as a symptom of anxiety. They just thought it was a weird, quirky thing. 
that I was mm -hmm. doing because kids do weird, quirky things. Like they chew on their nails and all sorts of stuff. And I think they probably thought it was something along those lines. Uh, but my mom would get to a point where she would like smack my hand if I was doing it in public, just as like a visual reminder of like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, and she taught me at the time, you know, thin, teeny, tiny little eyebrows were in. Uh, so she taught me how to control pluck my eyebrows to that thin little tiny strip and said, um, like, if you can keep it this way, then nobody will even notice what you're doing. So uh, that was kind of the start of tweezers uh, for me as some sort of a control mechanism. But um, yeah, I think my mom was really the only one who who called me out on it regularly. Mm -hmm. Not to say the kids in my class didn't notice, because I'm sure many, many of them did. Mm -hmm. Were you able to have that conversation with her? Like, hey, like, I, I don't really know, like, why I'm doing this, I can't stop. Or was it just like, her saying, Okay, well, I see something's wrong. What can I do to, to help you out? No, I don't know that we ever had the conversation of like, why are you doing this? If if we did, it wasn't something that I remember. Because mm -hmm. it was so long ago. We've since talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think we ever talked about it at the time. It was, I think it was very much just like, oh, this is just a bad habit you have. Now we have to break it uh, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So when you found out the name of Shrigatillomania at 19, how did that go for you? Like what led you there? Um, so I, when I went to college, I had a lot of other anxiety things that made themselves known to me. I got diagnosed with depression. Um, a lot of different anxiety things. I think just the change of going from home to living at college and um, the change that that brings to schooling. I am a very routine focused person. So my whole life got shook up. Um, and so it was me who said, I need to go talk to somebody. So my mom did help me in finding a therapist to go talk to. And it was in talking to that therapist and sharing like the history of how I perceived my anxiety that the hair pulling came up mm -hmm. and that therapist said, have you ever heard of trichotillomania? And I was like, no, what? Yeah, <laughs> and right. it, yeah, it was her who first put the name to it for me. Um, and at that point I was pretty self-managing, so we didn't actually directly do anything about it per se. Um, but I had the name at that point. How did it feel like knowing, oh my gosh, there's other people out here who do what I do? I, yeah, knowing that there were others was, was great, was wonderful. Um, yeah, because I had spent so much, so there was so much shame associated with it because it was described to me as a bad habit. Um, and I had had so much secrecy around the fact that I would like spend half an hour in the bathroom before every shower pulling out my own leg hairs. Um, to like take the edge off and there was so much that I had kept bottled up for so long and then to realize that there were other people who were dealing with the same thing even if it was in different ways and then there was also the sense of gratefulness too because I at that point acknowledged that I had been able to get it under control before you know I know that there are a lot of people that the head is their, the target and I that was never an urge for me and I there was a sense of like gratefulness of that too when she was describing how it can present in people um because I don't know how my mom would have handled that mm -hmm. if it had like moved to a different space that she could see I don't know how that conversation would have gone so mm -hmm. now after you found you know there's a name for this like we yeah. have the 
with this. Were you, were you, you know, more open in telling people? Did you tell people that you pulled before the diagnosis? I never really talk about it mm. ever. Um, I, I don't think until like the last couple of years, I even have really talked about it with my husband. Um, because it was a relative non-issue for me as an adult, I've never really felt the need to fully unpack it um, until, uh, yeah, uh, I don't even know that I have fully, fully unpacked it, like, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't talked about it a whole lot. Um, I know the way that we got connected, it was because I had made a social media post uh, for mental health awareness where I kind of spoke the words aloud. And I think that was the first time, even for a lot of my family, that uh, for a lot of my family, um, I think that was the first time that they had ever seen the words or seen me talk about it. Um, I think the only person that I had said anything about it to was my mom. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that was a big that was a big post for me because you know, and people bring up people have brought up all through uh you know elementary school junior high high school beyond um things like i i used to only wear um eyeliner in places where i didn't have eyelashes that was a weird look uh, and then i went through a phase where i wore my eyeliner incorrectly i wore it more evenly but incorrectly because i was trying to hide certain features um and even now i don't wear if I wear eyeliner, I generally don't wear mascara mm -hmm. uh, because mascara is a trigger for me. Uh, so I will just like do the thick upper lid eyeliner if I'm going somewhere nice, but I don't usually use mascara. Um, and sometimes people will ask me about that or the fact that I put my brows are sometimes darker on some days than they are on others because I have to like paint them on my face. Uh, mm -hmm. People will ask me about that and I kind of skirt around the subject sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, because it's it's a lot, especially if it's just like a casual acquaintance when they ask about it. I'm like, I don't want to get into all of this with you. But that's usually when people will ask is if they're mm -hmm. like, oh, your makeup's weird. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I got it. YouTube didn't exist when I was learning to do my makeup. What, what about it? <laughs> Um, oh, no, it's true. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's been a big one for me um, and a sense of insecurity. So I've kind of altogether most of the time, unless I'm going somewhere nice, I don't do any eye makeup at all. Mm. And I used to not be able to leave the house without eyeliner on. So that's a big that was a big thing for me. But I also work outside in central Florida. So, I mean, most days there's no point anyway. Uh, but mm -hmm. When I got to the point where I felt comfortable not wearing eye makeup, even if I was going to go hang out with friends or having my picture taken, or like right now, I'm being recorded for the internet and I didn't put eye makeup on. That's character growth. Like that's that's what that is. Um, but yeah, that's that's usually when um, it's brought up the most to me. Mm -hmm. And I will say, like I very recently in my life have been super open about it. 
Mm-hmm. I would talk to like a few people, you know, my parents, of course, but um, there are moments when I'm like, someone will ask me about something. Like I have, I have my, my book title tattooed on my arm. Oh. And so sometimes people will say, oh, what's that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going in there with you. I just, oh, it's a book I wrote. Like sometimes it is, it can feel like so much to like, you know, tell someone, I'm like, do you, I, sometimes I'm thinking, do you even deserve to know? You know, if you're yeah. like not that close to me, like it's kind of special to me. I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. So tell me about you writing the Instagram posts. Like <laughs> what made you be like, you know what? I'm going to tell, like what, what, what led up to that? There uh, is a lot of talk right now um, in the government and in the world at large about mental health reform. And I think that a lot of people have a very specific image in their mind of who that's for. And I wanted to share my testimony because I feel like a lot of people in my life, I work in a very public job. I talk to people for a living. um, And I don't think a lot of people know a lot of the struggles that I'm going through because I am really good at masking it. My degree is essentially in public speaking, my undergraduate degree is. Um, so I'm really good at hiding it. Um, but I I do, I have trick, I have generalized anxiety, I have ADHD, uh, but I, so I really wanted to just like share my story of how some of those things look on me uh, to allow maybe some people in my life to recognize that there's not a specific stereotype for mental health reform. There's not one person, one body, one type of image that that fits. It could be your coworker, your sister, the person next door to you. Like everybody could be struggling in some capacity and that's why mental health reform is important. It's not because it's for one stereotype, it's because it's for everybody. Um, so that's really the kind of the sentiment that prompted that. Did you have people that you knew, like in your personal life, that said, like, hey, I actually do this too? Um, I have made a couple of internet friends over the years um, who I have been that person who reached out to them when they've shared their uh when they've they've shared their trick story. Um and so like they they reached out to me and said, Oh, glad you finally shared. Uh, kind of thing. But um, nobody else in my life specifically said that, but I did have a lot of people reach out to me for other various things that were going on in their mental health and said that they resonated with the sentiment behind why I shared the post and that they felt seen, even though we might not be struggling in the same ways. Um, so that was, that was really nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, look how beautiful, I mean, to share. And then so many yeah. doors are now opened because you know, you had the courage to share something vulnerable. Now other people feel that do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like you will share more about, you know, mental health and and trick and stuff in the future? Yeah, I'm always super open and talking about mental health. So a lot of people in my life know that I do have anxiety. That's Mm -hmm. one I've I've talked about a lot. Uh, The ADHD is a new diagnosis. So that was also um, a part of my incentive, I guess, for sharing. Uh, what I shared. The I don't want to say it's the last time I'm going to talk about my trick because it's probably not. Um, but that was that was definitely probably the most vulnerable part of that 
post because it was kind of my timeline of anxiety so people could see how far back it went. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not opposed to continuing to talk about it. I, I'm, I'm very open with sharing a lot of things. If I think it can help somebody, then I'm willing to talk about it, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So if anybody ever asks me about it, absolutely. Like I can, I will continue to share my experience and talk about it. Yeah. So you mentioned when you, you know, when you speak about it, you you mentioned it to your husband Mm -hmm. a few times because, you know, you have it under control. I had a similar situation when I met my boyfriend. I was like, I guess I tell you this, you know, kind of affected my whole like childhood. So I should tell you, but I didn't like look like I had trick Mm -hmm. at the time. Now it's a little different. Um, But at the time I felt like, oh, I guess I should share this. Tell me your experience with sharing. Was it something kind of like that? Like, oh, I'll tell you. I don't even remember when I told him, to be honest. Um, it it wasn't, he and I talk so much and share so much that I don't, it wasn't even like a big grand moment that I like led up to or anything. But I, I know he knows, like before mm-hmm. I made this post. So I just don't remember how we ever talked about it because we just talk about everything. So I know it had come up. Yeah. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> um, probably one of the times where I was like, oh, I need to go get my tweezers before we go to this place. And he was mm-hmm. like, but why? <laughs> yeah. So are you, so I'm someone that like, I need to know where my tweezers are at all times. Mm-hmm. Like I will freak out. I need them. Are you similar? How do you yeah. feel like you have a nice relationship with them? Yes. Uh, when I was uh, a kid, um, like we, we were in a one bathroom house. Um, so I shared the bathroom with my parents and the tweezers like lived in the cabinet. And if my dad ever had moved them for anything, I would freak out. But of course I wasn't actively telling my parents what I needed the tweezers for. Um, so they were like, well, we'll just, we'll get them tomorrow. Like, don't worry about it. We'll find them. And I'm like, no, I need them. And then sometimes they would like go to the store real quick and be like, all right, we got another, we got another pair. And I'm like, no, that's not the pair. That's not, I don't want to use those. I want the other ones. It's just tweezers. Like what? I'm very particular. Um, So yeah, that was was a weird one, I guess. Now I get, as an adult, I get to choose my own tweezers and I'm in control. So that's great. Uh, But yeah, they live in the exact same spot on my counter all the time. If we're ever going anywhere, like I have a second pair that I can put in my makeup bag and like um, take with me um, and travel tweezers. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do always know where they're at. And that is one thing that does not leave the bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I've tried, you know, different techniques. Like, um, I haven't tried this because I just know I won't like it. But people with trick will say they'll put their tweezers in like I, you know, put in water and put in the freezer. Wow. So they're frozen solid. Not for me. Can't, no. can't have that. Don't need it. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I've learned that there are certain shapes of tweezers that just don't do it for me. <laughs> so, past the precision, there must yeah. be needle-like precision. Like I cannot Absolutely. do it. Ugh. The like yeah. pulling and the hair doesn't come out. That will drive me insane. Yeah, then that'll cause me to get my thumb involved and then we're just yeah. in a downhill cascade. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, when you get into the mirror with the tweezers, mm-hmm. things like that, do you feel you know almost like in a trance? Not necessarily. Like I actively know what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I am better about this now, but when I was like a teenager, I would, 
<laughs> I would like watch the lighting for the day. Um, so I would know the best times where I could go out to my back deck and how the light was going to hit my leg so I could see the hairs just right. Uh, and I would then pick an entire patch of hair and say, all right, in the next half hour, I'm going to pull out every single hair in this little quadrant. And once I have this entire quadrant empty, then I'm good. Um, so I would like, yeah, I would know the sun pattern. And I'm like, ooh, right now, this is the time. Sweet spot. And like I sit on the back deck. Um, now I just use the, the, the lighting in the bathroom again, as an adult, I get to choose my own lighting. It's great. Um, <laughs> but no, that was something that I would do as a teenager. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, watch the sunrise and sunset. And I knew how it would hit. Wow. Now, when you pick the, the quadrant, you would actually stop, like you would get up and be like, we're good for the day. Yep. I would, I would, pick, I mean, if I felt the need to keep going, then I would, but generally by the time I got done, I was like, sense of accomplishment. I feel good. It took the edge off. Done. Well, Otherwise, I would like obsessively go for hours. So I had to give myself the stopping point before I started. I said, all right, mm -hmm. once, we, once we do this, we're good. We're going to feel good. And usually, usually that was it. Well, I always well, underestimated, though, how many hairs are in each little bit of skin. So I'd like pick a big patch and I'm like, this is going to take me like four hours <laughs> as a test and adjust for a little while. But. Mm -hmm. When you first started pulling from your leg hair, did you notice like a different sensation? Because I, I like I've pulled from my leg hair before and I feel like mm -hmm. the bulbs are bigger. Like it like depends on where you are on your leg. I need more detail. Yeah. So like I don't like pulling from my thighs at all. The roots aren't big enough. Like it doesn't okay. give me that leg. Yeah. It just hurts, but there's no satisfaction. Same with ankles. Not a big fan of the ankles. It's gotta be like knee through lower calf. That's where it like, that's where it like feels right <laughs> to my brain. Um, that's so interesting. I had to be pulling from the wrong spots. So I'm like, ow, maybe. but like, I would love to like not do the first time I discovered it. This is going to be so gross. So if you don't want to put this in, you don't have to. <laughs> uh, the way I first discovered I like pulling leg hair was because I had a scab. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I had a scab. And looking at the scab while putting like cream on it, I noticed that there were hairs coming out of the skin that the scab had exposed. And I was like, I wonder what that would feel like if I yoinked it. And so I did. And I was like, but that, that hurt in a good way. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I realized that my other knee hairs kind of felt similar, even without a scab. And I was like, ooh, maybe, maybe we can turn this into something. Oh, <laughs> and then we, but it was, it was literally like a bike scab from falling off my bike that started that progression. So gross. <laughs> hey, but it's, I, you know, I'm so interested because I like the idea of, I, I need that, like, you know, like you said, takes the edge off. Like, I like mm -hmm. the whole thing of pulling and looking. It feels. It's also very routine for me, uh, which, like I said, is a huge, that's an important thing for me with both my anxiety and my ADHD now, um, having those routine elements. And so my entire, my entire progression with trick all the way up, I've always had like 20 to 30 minutes before I get in the shower where that's what I dedicate it to, like always, whether that's me shaping my eyebrows or doing something on my legs or uh, 
or what have you, um, I always have that like minimum, like 20 minute time period. That's for me to do that part of my routine. And I found that since I've been doing that, I don't feel the urge to do it during the day unless something gets into my eye. Mm. Something gets in my eye and I have to pull a couple eyelashes. I will keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's no good. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm liking the idea of that of that routine mm-hmm. and yeah. also giving yourself the opportunity to do it and not just being like, I can't, I can't do it, but allowing it for a certain period of time. My parents did not like that. <laughs> like, What's taking you so long? I'm like, I'm just getting ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, they have no idea why it took me so long to take showers as a teenager. But there you go. Hey, mom, if you're watching this, it's because I was pulling up my hair. <laughs> yes, with those special tweezers, not the new ones. Right. The other with, ones. With the tweezers that were supposed to be in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, when you were growing up, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I did when I had acne, you know, just growing up getting acne and things like that. I, I kind of found myself doing the same thing i would get like the magnified mirror and like i'm pulling the hair but also like oh here's an imperfection i was kind of like dabbling in the skin picking did you ever experience that not really no but i have been blessed with pretty clear skin uh, so i just i don't know if that has anything to do with never having picked that up or not but mm-hmm. you know it's been exclusively hair <laughs> you know. Um, and so tell me about, I know you just mentioned if something's in the, in your eye, that's going to trigger mm-hmm. you to pull yeah. in, you know, not during those, those moments that you allow yourself to, are there any other things that trigger you or like places that trigger you, the car or the house, you know, something like that? No, not any places specifically. I don't think, um, no, I really get triggered if something is in my eyelashes, which is why mascara is a no-go and less sometimes i'll put it on but i'll take makeup remover with me like just in case um but yeah mascara is usually a no-go um but yeah if something gets into my eyes or if something like bends one of my eyelashes and it's my Mm -hmm. eyelash that's in my eye that's it if i don't have tweezers i'm about to lose an entire eye eyelashes because there's no coming back from that (laughs) yeah the ones that like stick down, they're growing mm, in. Oh, can't look hate at it. it. Yeah. <laughs> nope, those are the first to go. Like I hate it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So how are you now? You said that some of the lashes, like you're a little patchy at the moment. Tell us. Yeah. No. I mean, I have a full set of eyelashes. I'm not going to like lean over and put my yes. skin in the camera, but um, yeah, I've got a full thing of eyelashes, but it's nowhere near as thick as it would be if I had never pulled them out in the first place. Like I used to have the really long curly eyelashes. Like if you look at pictures of baby me, I'm never going to have those again. Um, and they definitely, yeah, they're, they're not thick <laughs> by any means. A part of my eyebrows like down here are never going to come back. Mm-hmm. So if like bushy eyebrows ever come into style, I'm, I'm just not going to happen for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me neither. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. 
I've already, you know, being a millennial, this card's already stacked against me anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, this part down here doesn't grow back in at all. And then uh, my eyelashes are pretty thin. Mm -hmm. I noticed when I would get like, when I was really, um, you know, into the eyelashes and like, I would be completely bare on the top. I knew that I was struggling really bad if I did like the lower eyelash lid. Mm. Did you pull from there as well, or were you just kind of toppling? I did, but it's it's kind of the same sensation thing as with certain parts of my leg. Like the bottom lashes are not as good. Mm -hmm. They just hurt without like the satisfaction. And so, no, I didn't really get my lower lashes very often. I am missing parts of them in some pictures so i know that that was like my overflow zone i guess i don't know yeah if i ran out on the top i would go to the bottom uh but it was never my first pick mm -hmm. yeah i feel the same way like they it just like kind of makes your eyes water yeah well, it's not know, good like... no if the top ones good. make your eyes water man that was a good one <laughs> that was a big thick one <laughs> 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 It's true. The bottom ones, it was just annoying, right? <laughs> like, you're like, ah, and you're like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll do that one again. <laughs> so, when you went to therapy like, yeah. at, you said you went to therapy at like 19. Mm -hmm. What was your relationship? What is your relationship with therapy now? You know, did you go and kind of leave? Like, what, how do you feel in general? I have taken therapy off and on since. I have never found a therapist that I have vibed with long term. Um, so I've had therap certain therapists for, you know, two, anywhere between two and 12 sessions. And then I usually take a therapy break. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm experiencing the signs and symptoms that I need to talk to somebody again, then I find another therapist. Um, I'm hoping at some point in my life journey, I will have somebody that I vibe with permanently, but it just, it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm no stranger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that you were able, was it, was it the first therapist that you had went to that told you what trick was? As an adult, yes. Okay. Um, but I had seen a couple therapists as a kid. My mom did acknowledge that I was being bullied pretty heavily. So she did try to get me to talk, talk to a therapist as a child. I, at that point in time, did not want anything to do with it. I did not want to talk to them. Um, so I don't think that they knew enough about me to have known that that was something I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. um, I was a standard 12 to 13 year old who had all my walls up and didn't take advantage of what was being given to me. So. Yeah, but it's hard. I mean, who, it's, it's, who wants to admit all these things to like a stranger yeah. sometimes? You know what I mean? Like, even if it will benefit you later, it's still so. I think hard. in my head, I was so afraid that she was going to make fun of me for it too. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, looking back, that's absolutely not true. And if she would have, she shouldn't have been in her job. Um, so, mm -hmm. no, she, she wouldn't have. Um, but at the time, I think that was probably something I was afraid of. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned this, you know, pretty often, but I think a lot of people who don't have BFRBs don't realize like the paranoia and like the fear 
of being like found out, you know, or like being pointed out. It's just, it adds so much weight to like a young child to have to, to yeah. carry all. And at this point in my life, if anybody points it out, I do have that very like flippant response where I'm like, yeah, what about it? <laughs> yeah, I do do that. Oh, well, you probably do weird things too. Like, well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, as a kid, I was, because there was the shame around it at home, I was very ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I shouldn't have been, but that is what it is. So, mm -hmm. Did you feel like because you were doing this act that it was more shameful? You know, like, because it was like, I kind of felt like, I'm doing it. So I'm kind of in control, but I'm not at all. But like, am I like, it was a really, it was a battle. Yeah. With and yeah, I mean, there was definitely the, why can't I stop doing this? Like I'm disappointing my mom so much. Why can't I stop? Yeah. There was that, that mind path that I went down frequently. Sometimes I didn't realize I was doing it like in the moment until I did hit like a good one. <laughs> Mm. And it would kind of like jolt me and I was like, oh, uh oh, oh, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so I did I did trance out if I was using my own fingers for it and not looking in the mirror. I think that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I always try to do it in front of a mirror now. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm less likely to trance out if I can see myself doing it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will. Um. If I'm not in front of a mirror, if I pull an eyelash, I have to go look at it in the mirror and then I can go back and then look at it again. Go, back. It's exhausting. Yep. I also have to go look at it in the mirror because immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, did I pull it out or did I bend it? Because if Ooh. I bent it, we're about to have a whole nother slew of problems. Um, so if I catch myself doing it, I'm immediately like, mirror check. Ah! Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, and also like to, like, I like to assess, like, am I good? I don't know why. I mean, it makes sense kind of, but like, I'm like, oh, did I really like, is it so bald that people will notice? And if it's not, then I'm like, oh, I still have like some, some leeway. We could still pull a few more. Like who cares? It's still looking good. Yeah. No, mine is just the very much the panic of, oh my gosh, did I just bend it or did I pull it? Because if I pulled out one, like, no big deal. I caught myself. I can stop now. But if I bent it, it's going to keep going <laughs> mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. Which usually when you're trying for one hair, you end up taking all the ones around it first before you get the one. And that's mm -hmm. the beauty of tweezers because yeah. they it will get that one that you want. That's what I've noticed mm -hmm. too. That's why I love them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a girl's best friend. Yes. I literally have a chapter called Tweezers are a girl's best friend in my book. Do you? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I didn't even know that. See, aptly named. Wow. <laughs> I love them. Um, so what do you, what are some things that you do for self-care? Oh gosh, I have a, I have a toddler in the house. What's self-care? What is that? Um, <laughs> Literally, I put her to bed and then ran in here for this call. Like there is no, there's no downtime ever. Um, hmm. I mean, I get enough sleep. That's a self-care as a parent is I force myself to go to bed early and I get sleep. Mm -hmm. I find if I don't get enough sleep, then it makes all of my anxieties worse. Um, mm -hmm. 
So that's that's kind of been a priority for me. Um, all things in having a baby have been focused on structure and routine. Um, so it was very important to me that I had read all the literature and done all the research in terms of baby sleep cycles and all of that so I could get her on a routine so I could get on a routine. Um, so that in and of itself is some self-care. Um, I also really enjoy my work. Um, I talk about sustainability and animals for a living and I love it. And so being at work weirdly is like self-care for me. Um, cause I get to forget about everything else and just talk about things I love to talk about. Um, so I, I really enjoy that. Um, yeah, it's not, there's not a lot of other time for <laughs> a lot of self-care moments, uh, in my life right now, but we try. Yeah, no, and that's, listen, you're yeah. doing what works for you and that's, yeah, I don't. <laughs> We, um, all of our family is like 16 hours away. So it's just my husband and I trying to do this whole parenting thing. And I have found that there is not enough time in the day uh, to do all the things I would like to do. So I've had to really prioritize things like sleep. Um, mm -hmm. so. yeah. um, I've spoken to other people who either during pregnancy or right after pregnancy, they're their trick has either changed or it's worsened. Did you notice anything during those moments in your life? Never thought about it. <laughs> no, I don't think it changed. Um, I had to get creative when I was really pregnant um, with how I did like my leg hair pulling because I couldn't reach my legs. So... Mm -hmm. That was an interesting one. Um, but besides that, no, a lot of things with my mental health have changed, but not with Trick. So what are some things um, that you have done maybe in order to kind of keep your hands busy? If that's something that you've, you know, wanted to do, like you're noticing I run a pull a lot. What are some things you've done to try to not? I mean, honestly, uh, when I just like lounge around at home, I always try to have something in my hands, whether that is a baby toy, if I'm playing with my daughter, or if it's my phone or my water bottle, um, I try to keep something in my hands all the time. And um, if I'm at work, uh, this is, I don't even know how to phrase this. Um, one of the I guess tools in your tool belt you can have as a public speaker is watching other people speak and emulating the things about them that you vibe with into your how you talk. I have Barack Obama hands. Uh, so when I talk at work, I try to do the Barack Obama hand gestures so my hands are always moving in a way that helps emphasize my point. <laughs> what? <laughs> so my hands are always in front of me and always moving. <laughs> so I call them my Barack Obama hands. <laughs> if you ever go watch him speak, this is what he does uh, the whole time he's talking. <laughs> um, so uh, I found that that's helpful for me. So my hands don't wander and I don't end up distracting myself in a way that I don't want to be distracted. So. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give someone who wants to share on social media for the first time? I mean, that's a very 
That's a very personal journey. I would say don't share if you're not ready. Um, I would say share it with a grand, grander purpose in mind. So whether that purpose is a connection with people about mental health, kind of like I think what I did. So connecting to a, a broader conversation or if your purpose is I'm trying to find other people within the community or um, like like know why you're making the post when you post it is really, I guess, what my advice would be. Because I think that'll kind of guide your train of thought and the words that you choose to use around it and will give you that framework um, for what it is you're actually trying to share. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think that's a great point. Um, I think that's wonderful. Um, so Ashley, as we wrap up, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to share before we finish? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I knew what to really expect. And to be honest, I've spent a vast majority of my life trying to not think about uh, any of these like quirky uh, things that I do. So um, I don't, I don't know. I, f I feel like we talked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I think it was great. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was all really eloquent. That was great. Whatever I just <laughs> did right there was awesome. <laughs> Woo! No, but it's, it's also a loaded question. I mean, it's like, I, yeah. You know, I, I want to give you the chance if there is something on your mind, but then if also there's not, it's like, why would you ask me that? Um, you know what I mean? So yeah, no, I, nothing, nothing in particular. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate your time and, and sharing with us. Absolutely. Thanks for finding my post and asking me. <laughs> of course. Of course. Thank you. Mm -hmm.